Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Benedict. Back a thousand years, even more, even fourteen hundred years. This is where he stood, on this hallowed ground. This is Monte Cassino, Italy. Monte Cassino where it happened the way he said it would. Nor is this the first time it's happened before. The destruction of a monastery he founded. This man of God, St. Benedict. The story doesn't begin at Monte Cassino. It begins in the wilderness, scarcely 600 years after Christ walked the earth. A monk, his name was Romanus, came upon the strange sight of a wild-looking young man who squatted among the rocks, staring up at him with an expression that was almost fearful. Not a wild man of the woods, hmm? No, I see the trace of refinement in your face. 
Who would you be, my son? Oh, a man sworn to silence? Perhaps a man just seeking silence. Ah. A man seeking solitude. A man who has fled from Rome and all its wickedness. A man who seeks to be near God. Fled from sin, it amuses you? Oh, can't a man smile without giving offense? Forgive me. I was just wondering if you thought sin would vanish just because you fled from it. No, I didn't think so. Man was born in sin. Yes. Yes, I know. You're too young to be a hermit. I have a right to solitude. Yes, of course you have. A right to dedicate my life to prayer. A right to pray for all men. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, my son. I believe there is power in prayer. Tell me, how long have you been here? I don't know. A long time. You're the first man I've seen since I came here. Am I a welcome sight? Your habit says you're a man of God, so I welcome you. Sorry I have no food to offer you. What do you live on? Wild roots, berries. Does such food satisfy? It sustains. I scarcely think of food. Well, we can do better than wild roots and berries now that we know you're here. No, please. I beg you to keep my presence here a secret. If you wish. By what name are you known? Benedict. My name is Romanus. And so now, what will you say if I invite you to come to the monastery? I thank you. But I prefer this mode of living. Do you mind if I bring you a little food sometimes? I'd be ungracious not to accept it. For three years, Benedict lived in the wilderness, a hermit, seeing no man except the monk Romanus, who became his friend, until wandering shepherds came across him, and the word spread through the wilds that a man of God lived there. Benedict's presence in the neighborhood caused curious comment, even in the monastery. One faction, led by a monk named Pallius, regarded the matter with ironic amusement. <laughs> Romanus. Yes, Pallius. Uh, you know this hermit called Benedict? Yes. Is that so funny? Well, I'm told he lives on wild roots and berries and sleeps on a bed of thorn bushes. <laughs> Is that true? He is doing penance for others. He punishes himself for other men's sins. Do you also find that amusing? I find it presumptuous. Oh? Who does he think he is that he is so worthy in the sight of God that he can intervene for other men's sins? He's a very humble fellow. He's renounced all the world's pleasures to give himself to prayer. A man like that should be respected, not scorned. Well, if he's so pious, he should be in a monastery. Are we so pious, Brother Pallius? Could you torment your overstuffed belly to live on roots and berries, giving thought only to prayer? Could you? No. But then I am not a saint. And this fellow is? I would say so. Well, then, at supper tonight, we'll drink a toast of good wine to the saint in our midst. I'm sure you'll join me, because the wine is very good. Come, join me instead in the chapel, and we'll both pray for the soul of our departed abbot. Oh, that gives me an idea, Brother Romanus. Why don't you invite your saint to take the place of the abbot? After all, we need a saintly man here. The idea has already occurred to me. 
I'm glad you concur with it. What? I'll take the question up with the other brothers. You may support the idea. Support it? Ha! I'll ridicule it to death. It is mostly 
sorrow for my sins. Now, with your leave... Oh, don't go. Honor me by breaking bread with me and sipping a little wine. Please, sit down. For a moment, if you wish. Then I'll pour you some wine. To your long stay with us. But first, let me ask a blessing. By all means. Bless, O Lord, this wine created by thee, that it may be a means of good health for mankind, and grant by this invocation of thy holy name that all who partake of it may receive health of body and protection of soul. It happened even as Benedict gave the sign of the cross. In God's name! The wine glass shattered into a hundred pieces, and the wine flowed to the floor. Brother Benedict, I swear I... Was there poison in my wine? In the face of God's wrath, I dare not deny it. Yes, I tried to poison you. I've hated you, resented your being here. You took the position I wanted. I tried to kill you. Is it true, Benedict? Is what true? There is a rumor that Pallius tried to poison you, and that God himself intervened. Romanus... I am not happy here. I am not satisfied I am serving God by remaining here. I've decided to leave. I knew it would happen someday. I've prayed it wouldn't. I shall be gone in the morning. Come. We'll spend our last few hours together in prayer. Benedict left the monastery at dawn, making his lonely way through the wilderness toward the south. By noon, the sun was unmercifully hot, and he lay down under a thorn bush to rest and to fall asleep. Benedict? Followed you. Find a shady spot and rest. I've been waiting for you. They followed us from the last village. They want you to talk to them about God. Bless them. Yes, I'll talk to them. You wish, my friends, to hear something of God. Why and how he should be loved. The reason for loving God is God himself. The measure of loving God is to love him beyond measure. Is this enough? There is a twofold reason, I should say, why God should be loved for his own sake. Because 
nothing can be more justly, nothing more profitably loved. For St. John tells us that he hath first loved us. There may be some among you who are unbelievers, who have blinded themselves to these truths. But I tell you that God is still ready to confound your ingratitude with his numberless benefits conferred for man's advantage and manifest to human sense. Who else supplies food to everyone who eats, light to everyone who sees, breath to everyone who breathes? But it is foolish to strive to enumerate what I have just spoken of as innumerable. It is enough by way of example to have mentioned the chief ones. Bread, sun, and air. And now I say unto you, many among you will desire to follow Christ as his servants and will build a monastery on this very spot. And because there is no water here and because you will have need of it, through Christ I will give you a sign. Behold, where there is no water, there is plenty. The miracle occurred before the eyes of the multitude. A fountain gushed from the rocks, and the crowd fell to its knees, praising God. The building of one monastery was followed by the building of many as Benedict made his way through the mountain country. Then one night, as they neared the area of Naples, they made camp on a mountain overlooking the sea, in sight of a strange-looking temple. Later, as Benedict and Pelias walked to where the temple stood. Pagan temple? To Apollo. Ah, yes. The statue. It's beautiful workmanship. But such artistry and genius should have been dedicated to a heathen idol. And I would judge people still come here to worship. And I would judge as of this moment that we are no longer alone. Hmm? It seems not. Oh, there! Whoever you are, stop waving that sword. I'll wave it in the direction of your neck if you like. I, I don't like. Are you there? You're a quiet one. What have you got to say? Most reasonable thing. Who are you? Garius, keeper of the Temple of Apollo, with 50 soldiers with an easy call. Then Apollo is your god? Isn't he yours? No. Well... We'll have to convert you. We could start out by roasting your feet. That usually does the trick. It seems to me you go to a great deal of trouble for no reason. It'd be much simpler for me to convert you. To what? To Christ. Oh. Oh, so that's it. You're uh, Christians, eh? Yes. Well, we have special ways of dealing with you, fellows. 
We generally drop you into a snake pit and watch you squirm. <laughs> Is that what your god Apollo wants of you? <laughs> yes. It amuses him, too. <laughs> a very cruel god, wouldn't you say? He has a sense of humor. Among the three of us and Apollo, I'm convinced he should not be standing there. Nor should his temple be standing here. I am equally convinced much better use can be found for this beautiful piece of land. Apollo's temple collapsed, and the statue crumbled to dust. The 50 soldiers watching fled in terror, and Garius, the keeper of the temple, fell upon his knees in fright as he saw the power of the Christian God demonstrated through mortal man. In the morning, a great crowd assembled, and Benedict spoke to them. And the Lord said, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength forever and ever. Now it seems to me that we might do well to build not one, but two chapels on this spot. We might dedicate one to St. Martin, the other to St. John the Baptist. Garius, my friend, what do you think? Master, we will build as many chapels as you want here. Just two, my friend. Tell me. What is the name of this place? Casino. Monte Casino. Benedict stayed 14 years in Casino. Monte Casino, sacked by the Lombards, it was a century old. Rebuilt and sacked again by the Saracens a century and a half later. Rebuilt again to flourish greatly for nine and a half centuries, during which time it suffered at the hands of the Germans in the 13th century, and later was trod on by the armies of Napoleon. And finally, only 20 years ago, this abbey of Monte Cassino was destroyed more thoroughly and more terribly than ever before in the Second World War. new monastery has risen. A new city has been built beneath its slopes. Suchisa Vereshit. Cut down, it rises again. It rises again to the eternal memory of Benedict, the father of Western monasticism, and to God. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. 
brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.